What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Teas and Coffee Bean, and welcome to week seven of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2022 NFL season, coming off the heels of a week six where if you check the description to this live stream right away, Week six was probably my best week of this NFL season so far. So only eight and six straight up, which out of 14 games, you'd like to be a little bit better than that. But hey, it was above 500. Puts me at 50, 43, and one straight up on the season. Against the spread, I matched that mark of eight and six, which puts me one game above 500 against the spread at 47, 46, and one. But boy, the real success of last week, and you've, you've almost never heard me say this, the real success of last week, my totals, 11 and 3 on the totals in week 6, a massive get right week for me on the totals. Now, four games above 500 on the totals this year at 49 and 45. Will it last long? History would indicate no, but boy, last week we were feasting on these point totals, which was fantastic. Also taking a look at the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze from last week, I combined 10 and 2 on the top picks from week 6, including going 3-0 and on every pick except the platinum. So the bronze pick, I was 3-0, now 12-6 on the season. The Rams beat the Panthers, Buffalo covered against the spread, and the Jets and Packers stayed under the point total. 3-0 on the silver pick, also 12-6 on the year. Philly beat Dallas, Atlanta covered against the spread, and Buffalo and Kansas City stayed under their point total. Gold pick, 3-0 to move that pick to 8-10 on the season, so still struggled there, but made big steps last week to get it better. Chargers beat the Broncos, Cincinnati covered against the spread, and the Patriots and Browns went over the point total. The only one where I struggled was the Platinum pick. I was only 1-2 on those, now 9-8-1 on the season. The Packers lost to the Jets. The Giants did cover against the spread, but the Vikings and Dolphins failed to go over. So 10-2 and two across all those top picks from last week. Gotta feel pretty good about that. Uh, taking a peek at the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool for Season 11 of this show. I'm now right in the meaty part of the curve. 18th out of 36 in that pool. 444 out of 785 possible confidence points. It's a clip of just over 56.5%, moving in the right direction. After a 62 out of 105 week in Week 6, which is 59% pretty well right on the nose. Shout out to our week six winner, Jason, hopefully not Jason Voorhees, but Jason, he also went eight and six like I did, but managed the confidence points a little bit better. 72 of 105. It's good for just over 68 and a half percent was good enough for him to win week six. Shout out to Broken Ankle, who retakes the overall lead in the Pick'em Pool, 52-41 and 1 straight up on the season, 495 out of 785, it's a clip of 63.1%. Now, usually, that's nowhere near what the actual final leader is going to be. They're usually always hovering right around 70%, but as of right now, it's been a bit of a weird season, so 63.1 is enough to pace the pack. Shout out to Jason for winning Week 6, and Broken ankle for taking back over the overall lead. 
We're going to take a peek now into Fantasy Corner. See, these are the things that I can usually edit out when I'm not live streaming. Fantasy Corner, which is brought to you by the Dynasty Trade Calculator, which is where I was going when I accidentally said Dynasty there a second ago. The Dynasty Trade Calculator is one of the absolute best resources available to you online for Dynasty Keeper and long-term fantasy football. you got great trade evaluations, player rankings across all formats, great podcasts with incredible experts, all available to you on the Dynasty Trade Calculator. Now, my affiliate link to the DTC is in the description down below, and for as little as $3, you can gain access to one of the absolute best resources available to you to take your dynasty startup draft, to take your long-term team, and work towards building a winner. I did it myself. It can certainly be done. The Dynasty Trade Calculator is there for you, so hit up my affiliate link in the description down below. Now, once again... I am not doing the DTC any justice right now, and that is through my own misgivings and mistakes through trades, really. In the Professionals Dynasty, I lost again last week to Half Moon. I now start the season 0-6. I've won this league before, but now I can't seem to win a game. The way this league works is there's 12 teams in it, 8 of us make the playoffs, so it only takes about five to six wins in a regular season to make it into the postseason. But where I stand right now, I basically have to win at least six of eight to make it into the postseason. So a very, very, very tall task. Don't know whether I'll be able to do it or not. Hopefully it starts in week seven. In the Anti and Co. Dynasty Fantasy Football League, which was a startup dynasty this year, I did lose to Billy. Uh, Billy B, another longtime member of this community, that evened my record at three and three back-to-back losses off of my three-game win streak. I got a week seven matchup against Carmine in that league, and I'm against Gavin in the professionals. It's a projected win for me against Gavin. Carmine is too close to call, but Carmine's a bit of a talker, so I'm really looking forward to rubbing his nose in a week seven victory here. That's the way that my fantasy leagues, my dynasty leagues, have shaped up so far. Let's pop over here into the chat. Voorhees, that's funny. Yeah, hopefully it's not Jason Voorhees, Jason Voorhees, but, uh, you know, we assume it's not. We hope it's not. We only hope for good things. So I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of this live stream, of this VOD, of the podcast, however you interact with this show, you're going to find all of my results from last week, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week seven in the NFL in 2022. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pool with confidence points for season 11 of this show. You're going to find information on the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page where we talk about football all week long. And you're going to find information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. Nerd Tees and Coffee Bean, as I've mentioned over the last few weeks, they have now dipped their toes into the world of coffee and great Wonderful estate coffees, flavored coffees, literally hundreds of options for you available between tea blends and coffee blends on nerdtees.ca. And when you go to nerdtees.ca, you're going to want to use my promo code, which is BWFINEST. That is going to save you 15% at checkout. You're going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks. Or if you're one of my American viewers and listeners, you get a great conversion rate on the US dollar as you normally do. Today's blend is one of my absolute favorites. It is watermelon oolong tea, and it just, you just, you hold the mug here, and it just smells absolutely incredible. So there are just 
a ton of great options for you on nerdtease.ca. Options for you, options for loved ones. Christmas is coming. It's never too early, but it's getting close to almost being too late. Nerdtease.ca, promo code BWFINEST, get you 15%, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtease.ca. I'll pop into the chat here. We don't have anything else new brewing in the chat. So without further ado, we are going to go ahead and kick off our picks for week seven in the NFL. Another 14 game slate this week. And uh, we start things off with what could potentially be should be the one of the better primetime games that we've seen in the last few weeks. Because the NFL is currently experiencing an absolute epidemic of really, really bad primetime games. So let's hope that we can kind of turn the corner on that this week. I'm not overly enthusiastic about Monday, but Thursday might at least show us something. So we're going to go ahead and get started with our Thursday night game, which is the New Orleans Saints traveling to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Now, Arizona are losers of two straight games, but one thing that I really wanted to emphasize and really wanted to focus on in the picks this week is looking at teams and the turnover ratio. Teams that are are both, you know, shooting themselves in the foot and the teams that aren't shooting themselves in the foot. Like, people wonder, if anyone's still wondering why the Eagles are the only undefeated team left in football, go look at their turnover ratio. They're like plus 12 in the turnovers in six games. So they're they're plus two per game in the turnover battle. They're not turning the ball over. I think um, I think Hertz has thrown maybe two interceptions on the year, and they've generated 14 turnovers on defense. So lest anyone question why the Eagles are still 6-0, and it's because they're turning the ball over barely at all, but generating turnovers hand over fist. So that's one thing that I really wanted to emphasize when looking at the picks this week. It comes into play here because the New Orleans Saints have the single worst turnover ratio in the NFL per game. New Orleans, I believe they've played six games. They've got seven turnovers. They're the only team, I believe, in the NFL averaging more than one full turnover per game. So you certainly got to take that into account because if an offense is turning the football over, how many offensive opportunities are they going to have? New Orleans, also one of the worst scoring defenses in the entire NFL, bottom five in that category easily. Now with Arizona, you do have to take into account the injury that just happened to Hollywood Brown. Uh, He's got a foot injury. I believe he's going to be out for six weeks. But when you look at it, they just traded to bring in Robbie Anderson was a piece that I would have been kind of interested in the Packers exploring, but the trade happened so quickly that it's like, all right, well, fine, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that option. They just brought in Robbie Anderson. He can certainly be a deep threat and they're probably going to get D hop back this week. That fundamentally changes the entirety of their offense. Will they be as good as they would have been if they traded in Robbie brought back D hop and Hollywood Brown is still there? No, certainly not. But I think this offense is in line for an uptick in terms of their production. So I don't think the Hollywood Brown injury is going to cripple them. I'm actually going to go with the Arizona Cardinals here. I think they're the better football team top to bottom. They're certainly the team that's making the fewer mistakes in their game plan. They don't look quite the way that you expected them to look in the preseason, which I think kind of speaks to something Martin just said in the chat. But 
I like the Cardinals here. I think it's a get-right spot for them. I'm going to take Arizona at home to beat New Orleans. On the line, Arizona's only laying a point and a half as a home favorite. I like them to win. It's a small price to pay. Let's lay the minus 1.5. Total in the game set at 44 and a half points. I think this goes over. This feels like a very beatable number for these two. I really don't trust New Orleans' scoring defense. Again, bottom five in the entire league. I think Arizona comes to play here on the offensive side. We're going to go over 44 and a half points in New Orleans, Arizona. Let's go Arizona 27, New Orleans 20. By the way, Arizona minus 1.5. I like that so much. That is going to be my platinum pick against the spread this week. The Arizona Cardinals covering minus 1.5 platinum pick against the spread. Martin in the chat said, I watched Arizona-Seattle. Arizona just doesn't have it together. They're winless at home. I'm going with the Saints. They play with enthusiasm. It's true. They the Arizona does not look like the Arizona team that you kind of expected them to look like. 100%. But again, getting DeAndre Hopkins back fundamentally changes that entire offense. So I, I think we're going to see a very different Kyler Murray. And I think we're going to see a very different Arizona Cardinals team. And I think that starts this week. Let's move on to Cincinnati now. The Atlanta Falcons are in town to take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, neither one of these teams really streaking in any sense. They're kind of trading wins, you know, up and down, up and down, back and forth. We can definitely talk about Cincinnati as not quite looking like the same team that they were towards the end of last season. What I will say, Atlanta does rank in the top 10 in terms of scoring offenses so far this season. The Cincinnati Bengals rank inside the top 10 in terms of scoring defense. So which one comes to play? Is it the offenses? Is it the defenses? I genuinely feel, once again, this is another play where I think the Cincinnati Bengals are the better team top to bottom. But that doesn't necessarily justify them being favorites as much as they are. Like, Cincinnati's laying six and a half points in this game. I don't think they're a full touchdown better than the way the Atlanta Falcons have played so far this year. So this is the way I'm going to go on this game. I like the Cincinnati Bengals to win. I'm going to give them the edge given that they're at home. They're a heavy favorite, but they're playing at home. I'm going to give them the edge. I like the Bengals to win the game outright, and I'm actually going to take them as my bronze pick straight up this week. So Cincinnati over Atlanta straight up, my bronze pick straight up this week. However, I am going to hedge my bets and I'm going to take that plus six and a half against the spread on the Atlanta Falcons. Part of that is Atlanta has been one of the elite against the spread teams this season. I think, are they still undefeated? They might still be six and oh, they're either six and oh or five and one against the spread. And it, teams are just not covering against Atlanta. So whether that's the team's not keeping up offensively, defensively, keeping them in close games, I, like I said, I think they're either undefeated or 5-1, and one, so it, it doesn't make any sense, especially with how favorites are not faring well this year. I think favorites are only covering against the spread something like 44 or 43%. It doesn't make sense to lay that much uh, on the Bengals. I'll take the Bengals to win straight up. Again, I like them as the bronze pick straight up, but I'm going to hedge my bets and take plus 6.5 on the Falcons. Total in the game set at 47 and a half points. I don't see a ton of points in this matchup. I'm going to lean under on this one because it is kind of a, a, a high mid 40. So we're going to go under 47 and a half in Cincinnati, Atlanta. Let's go Bengals 23, Falcons 20. Cincinnati wins. Atlanta covers. Take the under on the points. 
what's up, Bridgie? What's up, Josh? Thank you for stopping in, my friend. Atlanta's not far from a 5-1 and one team, says Josh, and I think the Falcons are 6-0 and oh against the spread. Uh, Atlanta definitely covered versus the Niners. They were the underdogs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was a, a nice, tidy little upset win that I wish I would have been savvy enough to um, to pick up. The Niners are very quickly becoming one of those teams for me that's like, oh boy, maybe I don't have a handle on these guys. But yeah, that's that's what I like. I like the Bengals to win, but I think the Falcons cover and I'll stick under. Let's go to Dallas now. Detroit traveling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Detroit losers of three straight games. However, they are coming into this game off of their bye. So they will be well-rested coming into this. Hopefully that's an opportunity to put the last three games behind them and kind of maybe hit the reset button on the season here a little bit. Now, Detroit, they are what I've said they are. They are exactly what I've been saying they've been all season long, and that's a glass cannon. They're a top five scoring offense. They're a bottom five scoring defense. They can score a ton of points, but they can't keep anybody off the board. And if what happens in that New England game happens, if the offense stalls even a little, the defense has no answer for anything. So, I mean, in that game, the offense completely stalled. They scored no points. But if the offense stalls even a little bit, not great. Now, for Dallas, big news there. Looks like they'll be getting Dak Prescott back, which is a significant uptick for all of their wide receivers. Tight ends, wide receivers, even pass-catching running backs, it's an upgrade. No disrespect to Cooper Rush, but Dak Prescott brings a volume into that passing offense that Cooper Rush simply does not. So it's definitely an uptick for them. They're a bottom five or bottom 10, sorry, scoring offense so far this season are the Cowboys, but they're a top five scoring defense. They are not giving up points. Neither one of these teams turn the ball over all that much, but I really like this spot. It's an emotional high spot for the Cowboys. I really like this spot for Dallas. We are going to grab the Dallas Cowboys straight up at home to hand Detroit their fourth straight loss. So much so that the Dallas Cowboys over the Detroit Lions is my silver pick straight up this week. Dallas over Detroit, my silver pick straight up. On the line, Dallas is laying a full touchdown in this game, seven points. I originally hedged here, but how I can contemplate hedging on a bottom five scoring defense, can't do it. So I'm actually going to lay those points. I'm going to take Dallas minus the seven points. It's only a single touchdown. I think you're going to see a lot of points in this game. So let's take the minus seven on the hometown Cowboys. Total in the game set at 48 and a half points. Like I said, I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. I really like the over here so much so that Detroit and Dallas over 48 and a half points is my bronze pick on the totals this week. Detroit and Dallas over 48 and a half, my bronze pick on the totals. So let's go. Dallas 31, Detroit 23, plenty of points. Dallas covers minus seven and wins the game outright. Uh, Josh chiming in with Detroit is unpickable. Like, I think they're a team that people like because of hard knocks. So I think people want to see Detroit succeed, because of Hard Knocks and because of Dan Campbell. Like, I think everybody loves Dan Campbell. I really do. Um, so I think people want them to succeed. But whether that means that they'll have success in any individual game, to your point, it's awfully tough to pick with a team that cannot stop anybody on the defensive side. 
Let's go to Tennessee now for a game that I think is uh, going to go the opposite of what I say, no matter what I say, and that's the Tennessee Titans at home to the Indianapolis Colts. Tennessee and Indianapolis is almost as unpredictable a matchup as you can find in the NFL. It's it's insane because no matter what you think is going to happen, the opposite of that is probably going to happen. And then if you change what you think, well, it turns out what you thought originally is what's going to happen. It's such a, with these two teams in particular, I think it's more so Tennessee, but it's these two teams in particular match them up against each other. Who the heck knows what's going to happen? Tennessee's coming into this game off of their bye, so they will certainly be well-rested coming into this. They're also winners of three straight games, so Tennessee is playing some really, really good football right now. Indianapolis has kind of turned a corner as well. They're winners of back-to-back games. However, what you can't change is you can't change the fact that their turnover ratio, they're they're losing that pretty pretty significantly they're one of the lower teams in the league with that and their total offense they're not scoring or not total offense they're scoring offense their scoring offense is bottom 10 in the nfl so this offense especially where you're you know there's such unpredictability at the running back position because we don't know specifically what the health of jonathan taylor is or when he might be back chances are it's probably not this week even if he is he'd probably be on a what you call a pitch count a snap count uh, limited role, we'll put it that way, and uh, it's just very difficult to trust them against a division opponent that knows them exceptionally well. So I think I got to go with Tennessee here. They're the favorites at home, marginal favorites, but you know, favorites all the same. Let's take the Titans at home to get the win here over Indianapolis. Now on the line, Tennessee's laying two and a half points as a home favorite. So we're going to go ahead and lay those points. I like them to win. It's a small price to pay, relatively small price to pay. So we'll lay the two and a half points on Tennessee. Total in the game set at 42 and a half points. I see this as a low scoring defensive battle. Neither one of these two offenses light the league on fire. So let's stick under. It's a really beatable number, but we're going to stick under this point total of 42 and a half. Let's go Tennessee 17, Indianapolis 10. Titans win, Titans cover, give me the under on the points. Uh, Let's see, Fred Total, I would like to know also Hicks. All right, Fred Hicks, that's what we'll go with. Fred Hicks, best bet Tennessee plus the points. We're we're on the same page there. Titans are the safe pick. You get them off a bye, home field, and a slightly healthier team. Absolutely. Now, let's talk a little bit about the Green Bay Packers. And I said it right at the beginning, I'm not in a healthy enough emotional state to fully dissect what's going on with this team. Give me one second to just angle myself down here a little bit more. Okay, that's better. Like I said off the top, it's it's more than Devontae Adams. It's not just Devontae Adams. Is Devontae Adams great? Absolutely. I still think he's the best wide receiver in football. He's great. You should still be able, with the quarterback you have, the running backs you have, the offensive line you're supposed to have, supposedly one of the better defenses in the league, you should still be able to be putting up better results than what you're seeing. There's something in the water that's just not working out. Like, I, uh, boy, I, I don't know. It's, I don't know what the change is. I tell you one thing I'd really like to see, and I've been trying to speak this into existence on Twitter and in YouTube comments sections and whatever. I want to see the Green Bay Packers trade for DJ Moore. DJ Moore 
is a bona fide wide receiver one in the same vein as the kind of wide receiver that is going to make an impact fundamental difference to this Packers offense. Does the offensive line have to play better? Absolutely they do. But you need that weapon. And right now it looks like Carolina is about to blow it up. So if they're not, if Gutekunst is not on the phone every day going, would you take a second and a fourth for DJ Moore? Yeah, it's a lot of dead cap for Carolina, but they're not trying to do anything right now anyway. Anyway, that's what I'm trying to speak into existence. Give me DJ Moore to the Green Bay Packers for a second round pick and a fourth round pick. Packers come into this game, losers of two consecutive. Uh, Washington, again, will come in on the long week, so the benefit of a little extra rest there. However, they are probably going to come in uh, without Carson Wentz. I know he he had a thumb injury, and I think there was some update about him that I may have missed. Am I right in saying like two to four weeks was what they were saying for Carson Wentz? So, I mean, we're not, we're not going to see him in this game. I guess that leaves it to, is it Taylor Heineke? who's still their number two. In any case, look, this is one of these games where if you're the Green Bay Packers, if you can't beat Washington four to six, says Paxton. So, okay, even, even, you know, even longer. If you're the Green Bay Packers and you can't beat the Washington Commanders without their starting quarterback, Washington turning the ball over a fairly frequent amount this year, although so is Green Bay, with one of the bottom five scoring offenses in the NFL. If you can't win this game, blow it up. And as a fan, I have no fear of that. If you can't win this game, blow it up. Keep A.J. Dillon, Jair Alexander, and a couple of individual pieces, the two wide receivers you just drafted, blow it up if you can't win this game. So obviously, I'm taking the Green Bay Packers to win this game. So on the line, Washington is taking five and a half points here as a home dog. Originally, I thought for a second about taking these points because Green Bay, you might they might not deserve to um, to be this much of a favorite. But like you know what, it's it's less than a touchdown. Let's take them to cover the number and see what happens. So we're gonna lay the five and a half points on the Green Bay Packers on the road. Total in the game set at 41 and a half points. I have to stay under on this because I have no idea what Washington's offense is going to look like in this game. And I like that under so much so that uh, Green Bay and Washington under 41 and a half points is my silver pick on the totals this week. Under 41 and a half in Green Bay, Washington, my silver pick on the totals. So we are going to go Green Bay 21, Washington 13, Packers win, Packers cover, give me the under on the points. Uh, Let's see, we got a little bit bit in the chat here, Packers uh, 27, Commanders 13, 24-10, I know Green Bay won't ask Chicago how to beat Washington, oof, there you go, Uh, they're in Washington 23-16. Um, Packers need a buy, but I'll take them here in a squeaker. It's interesting because Green Bay doesn't get a bye week until week 14. Like they're all the way into like the first round of the fantasy football playoffs before Green Bay gets a bye week. So they're, they're going to have to figure out some other solution, whether it's resting veterans on practice days, whatever it is. They, de- I, I agree that they kind of need a buy to get their minds right. 
They ain't going to get one until week 14, so they're going to have to figure something else out. And Hoop says I'll take a pass. I wish I could. <laughs> Tampa Bay and Carolina now. Uh, let's see. Uh, Tampa, this is back-to-back road games for the Bucks. Uh, with Carolina, bottom five scoring offense, bottom ten scoring defense. Looks like they're in the midst of blowing it up and beginning a rebuild. Tampa, one thing I can say about them, they are a plus. They're a definite boon in the turnover category here. They generate more turnovers, a significant amount more turnovers than they give up. And they are a top five scoring defense. This defense is exceptionally good. It is tough to put points on the board against this Bucks defense. That should be enough to propel them here in this game. Uh, now, they are, of course, dealing with the injury to Cameron Brait. And I hope all the best to Cameron Brait because anything with a head, neck, anything, it's bad news. Um, so I hope Cameron Brait recovers from that as quickly as possible. I don't think that will be a huge detriment to them offensively this week. They should be able to do basically whatever they want on the offensive side. Carolina's losers of three straight games. So we're going to go ahead and grab the Tampa Bay Bucks here on the road in Carolina to beat the Panthers, so much so that Tampa Bay over Carolina is my platinum pick straight up. Take the pl- uh, take the Bucks as my platinum pick to win the game straight up. Blind Canadian Cat in the chat. I'm alive. Hello, chat. Hello, cat. Thank you so much for joining us. Hoops, in that KC game versus Buffalo, Chiefs only had like seven to eight possessions, no big plays and poor pass protection. The game just played fast. That's, that's an interesting take. I like that. I like that a lot. Josh, Bucks fan here. Take the Bucks, but take Carolina to cover. So that's the way I went with this originally because they're laying 10 and a half points. Like, that's a lot of points. for Especially for this year when favorites are just not covering. 10 and a half, it's a lot to ask. But I get this feeling that Carolina's just going to have... Like Carolina to me is playing for the first overall pick. So if you're playing for the first overall pick, I understand that you want a game, especially against a rival team, to be competitive. Doesn't this just feel like way too much versus not enough at all? Like you've got Christian McCaffrey on one side, you've got DJ Moore, but they're not using him. So, and somebody asked in the chat, who's Carolina's quarterback? I'm going to lay the points. This might not be a great idea, but I'm going to go ahead and lay the 10 and a half on Tampa Bay because I do genuinely think they blow them out. If they don't blow them out, we probably have to have a larger conversation about Tampa Bay. And maybe we have to have that conversation anyway, but I'm going to go ahead and lay the 10 and a half. It might not be the best idea, but I smell a blowout here. So we're going to lay the points. Total in the game set at 40 and a half points. I really like the under on this one. Neither one of these offenses are playing crazy right now. And with one of the best scoring defenses in the NFL, it's such a beatable number at 40 and a half, but I got to stick under on it. And I like that so much. In fact, the Tampa Bay Carolina under 40 and a half points is my platinum pick on the totals this week. Tampa Carolina under 40 and a half platinum pick on the totals. We're going to go ahead and go Tampa Bay 28, Carolina 6. I don't think Carolina finds the end zone in this game. I think Tampa Bay comes out with a virtuoso defensive performance. And I really like that, uh, the 10 and a half points to cover. So Tampa wins, Tampa covers under the 40 and a half points. 
Uh, hoops. I guess my best pick is Dallas Detroit over 48 and a half. That's what I went with as well. It, it that feels like one of the, the, the layup overs this week in a season where the overs have not been like the over is hitting less than 40% right now across the season. Yeah. I like that one too, but the over has not been making people a lot of money this year. We'll put it that way. All right. Giants in Jacksonville to take on the Panthers. Now, Panthers, the Jaguars. It's a cat. It's fine. Um, this is one of those games where I don't understand why one team is favored by as much as they are. To me, these two teams are exceptionally similar. Jacksonville's got a better quarterback. Giants have a better defense, as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't see a lot special from I don't see a lot special from either one of the defenses, but Between the two of them, I think I'd rather have the Giants than I would Jacksonville. One team's on a three-game win streak, which is the New York Giants. And one team's on a three-game losing streak, which is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, as my good friend Steven, Half Moon's Picks, would say in this spot, it's one team going up, the other team going down. And there's a thing about that. You gotta look at stuff like that. But, I, other than Jacksonville being the home team... I don't understand why they're favored by three full points, which is what they're the favorite as right now. They're not playing as though they should be favored by three points. The Giants are playing like they should be favored by three points. I really like New York here. This feels like a layup upset pick for me. Um, I really like the Giants here. So I'm going to take New York in Jacksonville in the upset. Giants get their fourth straight win. And yeah, like Giants plus three. With, I think the Giants are 5-1 and one against the spread this year. So Giants plus 3, I love one way or the other. I'd be hedging this, I'd be hedging this either way. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, like, yeah, hoops. Oh, Giants are getting 3. Exactly. It feels like the Giants should be laying 3 points in this game. I might be going with the dog here one way or the other. But, I like the Giants to win, and I like the Giants to cover plus 3. So much so, that the New York Giants plus 3 are my gold pick against the spread this week. Giants plus three, gold pick against the spread. I believe in that number a whole lot. Total in this game set at 42 and a half. This is a play on the number, I think. It's such a beatable number. These two teams, they probably won't. They might not. This is a coin flip, but I'm going to make a play on the number here. We're going to go over 42 and a half points in New York, Jacksonville. Let's go Giants 23, Jags 20. Just over the point total. I like the Giants to win the game outright and give me the points. Shout out to the 11 concurrent we currently have watching right now, which is fantastic. I always like to shout out anytime we get into double digits concurrent because, again, is a very new thing for me. So shout out to the lurkers and shout out to everybody watching. Cleveland and Baltimore are up next. Um, This is a a matchup of two teams in the turnover category going in opposite directions. Baltimore, one of the better teams this year in terms of the turnover differential. They're definitely in a plus. It's plus better than one half per game. So that's kind of the measurement that I was using for that. So it's it's more than uh, a half a turnover per game. Now, when you look at Cleveland, they're on the opposite end of that. They're minus better than half a turnover per game on average. So Baltimore's not turning the ball over. Cleveland is. This is one of those situations where a key turnover could wind up making the difference in who wins this game and who doesn't. Do I think it's going to do that? 
I don't. I actually think Baltimore is going to beat the brakes off of the Cleveland Browns. Um, that Cleveland scoring defense is god-awful. It is one of the five worst in the entire NFL. Baltimore, for everything that you can say against them, still have like a top five scoring offense in the league this year on average. I think Baltimore gets right with the issues they've been having on the offensive side, issues they've been having running the ball. J.K. Dobbins certainly, you know, has had an inauspicious return uh, to the NFL. So it just feels like a get-right spot for me for Baltimore. I really like them here. I think Baltimore cruises in this one. Let's take the Ravens at home to beat the Browns. Cleveland also on a three-game losing streak. And boy, Deshaun can't get back there fast enough for that team. So... Uh, I like Baltimore to win that game so much that Baltimore over Cleveland is my gold pick straight up this week. Baltimore over Cleveland, my gold pick straight up. Against the spread, Baltimore is laying six and a half points here as a home favorite. Yes, I know it's a division game. Yes, I know this is a lot of points to lay. I'm going to lay this six and a half because I think Baltimore, again, to repeat myself, beats the brakes off of the Cleveland Browns this week. And I like that so much so the Baltimore minus the six and a half points, my silver pick against the spread this week, Baltimore minus six and a half goes for my silver pick. Total in the game set at 46 and a half points. I think this point total gets over because look, Baltimore on the defensive side, not so great. The offense, definitely. The defense has left a lot to be desired this year and Cleveland can certainly put points on the board. So I think we're going to go over on this point total over 46 and a half points in Baltimore, Cleveland. I like the Ravens 31 to 17. I think this is a comfortable multi-possession win for the Baltimore Ravens. I think they get the win, cover the points and give me the over. So what are we? We're 45 minutes into the entirety of the stream and we've only got six games left. So I think we're going at a pretty decent little pace here. Josh, Browns and Ravens, oof. I wouldn't pick this game personally because both teams like to choke away games. If I had to pick, I'd take Baltimore. It's true. Like any any um concern over the consistency of the Baltimore Ravens is well founded. It certainly is. I mean, they've they've certainly earned that. But um it just feels like such a get-right spot for Baltimore. So that's the way I'm gonna go on this one. The New York Jets and the Denver Broncos. The Jets are coming into this game on the tail end of back-to-back road games, which if I didn't mention it, is the same case for the Tampa Bay Bucks. They are on the tail end of back-to-back road games as well, but Jets come in tail end of back-to-back road games, winners of three straight games. And I saw a really interesting conversation around the Jets, which is like, uh, it was talking about like, oh, you know, this, this whole, this ain't your daddy's Jets thing, whatever. It's like these baby Jets, and that's kind of what they are. They're a very young team. These baby Jets don't care about all that noise from the past against the Jets. And I think that point's well-founded. The Jets have basically completely rebuilt their entire team. And the core elements of that team are all, like, first, second, third, fourth-year players. Like, they don't they don't care. They don't care about that conversation. So, I, you know, I think it's, it's a well-founded point. I may have been uh, looking at the Jets uh, differently. Denver is going to come into this game on the short week, having just played last night in another not very good football game, at least to watch. Uh, Denver is a bottom five scoring offense 
in the NFL this season. They are a top five scoring defense. So they're not a glass cannon. They are a, God, I don't know, a, a rubber, a rubber castle. <laughs> I don't really know. I, I guess, I guess, boy, I don't know. Uh, my metaphors are all messed up there. The Bronco is this is really tough for me, and I understand why the Broncos had got as are getting as many prime time games early in the season because everyone had the expectation Russell Wilson's going to go in there and this Broncos team is just going to take off, right? Broncos country, let's ride. Except it's Broncos country, let's beat the traffic out of the stadium because we're losing this game. That's what it's been so far this year. I don't trust them. Like, I just, I just don't, I trust that defense. That defense is really good, but I don't trust them as a team, like top to bottom. I don't, I don't trust them anywhere on the offensive side. If Javante was still there and wasn't out for the season, maybe so, but I really do not trust them offensively. And this New York Jets team, say what you will about them. They found ways to win football games. I like the upset here. I think the Jets are riding momentum right now. Yes, the passing game has been a downgrade since Zach Wilson came back. I don't know that Zach Wilson is the long-term answer for the New York Jets, but they're winning football games, and that's all that matters. They don't ask how, they ask how many. I think the Jets get another one this week. I'm going to take the Jets in the upset here. I've got the Jets in Denver beating the Broncos. So, on the line, the Broncos are laying three points as a home favorite. It makes perfect sense to me. I'm more than happy to take the plus three points on the New York Jets. Total in the game set at 41 and a half points. I don't see a ton of offense from either one of these two teams, at least not in this spot, with Denver's defense being as good as scoring defense, at least being as good as it is. Let's go under 41 and a half points in New York, Denver. Let's go Jets 20. Broncos 13, Broncos country, you're going to lose to the Jets. Let's go to Las Vegas now where the Houston Texans are going to be in town playing, uh, taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Both of these teams are going to come into this game off of their bye, so they're going to come into this thing on equal rest, which is always good news. The Houston Texans, one of the better teams in the NFL so far this year, one of the things they've done exceptionally well is the turnover battle. That's where they're one of the better teams in the league this year is in the turnover battle. They're plus, I want to say they're plus three in five games, something like that, maybe even plus four in five games. So they're generating turnovers and they're not turning the ball over with that much frequency. So that is definitely a feather in their cap. Uh, the Raiders, a top 10 scoring offense, a bottom 10 scoring defense, very similar to the team that we saw last year. I don't know why people kind of thought it was going to be different for the Raiders this year. I didn't see them make fundamental changes to their defense, and that was the problem last year. They got Devontae, that's great, but the defense still is what it is. So I, I don't know why people thought there was going to be a huge change for the Raiders this year. Houston, a bottom 10 scoring offense. They definitely have had trouble putting points on the board this year. But this, to me, the Raiders are a very heavy favorite here. Very heavy favorite. The Raiders are laying seven points. Like, jumping ahead, that's too many points. So no matter how you like this game to go, I think Houston plus seven is the play. Because I think Houston will generate that one extra turnover in this game that maybe even if they lose a garbage time score brings this to less than seven points. So Houston plus seven 
is definitely the against the spread play. And as a matter of fact, I like Houston plus seven so much that I'm going to take that as my bronze pick against the spread. Houston Texans plus the seven points, my bronze pick against the spread. If I'm going to take the points, I might as well take them to win. So we're going to do that. We're going to grab the Houston Texans on the road in Las Vegas to pull the upset win over the Raiders, who again are a seven-point favorite in this game. Let's take the Texans to upset the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, total in the game set at 45 and a half points. I like the over here, but this is a really good number. It's right in the smack dab in the middle of the 40s. It's a really good number. I think it goes over, but not by a ton. Let's take Houston 24, Las Vegas 23. Texans win maybe on the final scoring play of the game. Texans win, Texans cover, and give me the over on the points. If you're asking, how in the world do you think the Texans are going to score 24 points? The answer to that question is Damian Pierce. <laughs> it's That offense is the Damian Pierce show. And I think he is going to ball in this game. Four games left on the slate. Seattle is in Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers, of course, come into this game on the short week, having played and won last night in overtime, 16-13. to 13. Uh, let's see here. Neither one of these teams, actually, these two teams are exceptionally similar, at least rankings wise. Neither one of these teams really does a ton in the turnover ratio. They're pretty, um, they're fairly balanced. Uh, both of these teams are top 10 scoring offenses this year. Although the Chargers come to think of it where they only scored 16 last week, they may have fallen out of the top 10, but when I did this last night, they were right around the top 10 area. And both of these teams are bottom five scoring defenses. Now that could, again, that could kind of change as well where the Chargers only gave up 13 last night. These numbers can change that way because we're only five to six games into the season. But that's kind of, these two teams are kind of mirror images of each other. The Chargers are a far more talented team. Chargers have far more talent on their team. However, they're not playing up to the expectations of what we had expected the Chargers to be this year. I think Seattle are maybe playing a little bit above expectations. Geno Smith's been balling out this year, uh, although he didn't have a great game last week. But in general, he's been playing fairly well. So I did have to kind of make a decision when I was looking at this game, which was, do I think this is a two-possession Chargers blowout? Or do I think this is like a really, really close Chargers win? One way that I wasn't taking Seattle, I wasn't feeling Seattle as an upset play this week. I, I wasn't, I was really unsure, especially with the line. Cause the line last night was minus seven. I woke up this morning, minus six and a half for the chargers. So it's either a two possession win for the chargers or a marginal win for the chargers. I do think that eventually some of these good teams, the chargers being one of them, the Packers being another one, the Bucks being another one. At some point, what are, are supposed to be these really good teams have got to take their step forward. We're not in the early part of the season anymore. We're a third of the way through, almost, for most teams. Like, we're on, the, we're on our way. So at some point, these teams that are supposed to be really good teams have got to take these steps forward that we're kind of expecting them to take. I think it begins for the Chargers this week against a really beatable defense, I'm going to take the Chargers to win, and I'm going to take the Chargers to cover the minus six and a half against the spread. Chargers win, and Chargers cover. 
Total in the game set at 51 and a half. These are two bad defenses. Let's see some points fly. We're going to go over 51 and a half points in Los Angeles, Seattle. Let's go Chargers 34, Seahawks 24. Chargers win, Chargers cover, and give me the over. Uh, let's see. Blind Canadian Cat cooks 100 yards. Possibly. I mean, look, I, I was a very big Davis Mills supporter at the beginning of the season. He hasn't really shown me a ton to uh, to justify that. But, I mean, Cooks is a massive target, so it's entirely possible. Josh chiming in saucy pick on the Texans. It's what I do. Remember, I said the rule of four wasn't going to play out last week. And I think we had the most underdog straight up wins of the season. Well, no, the most since week one. So... You know, <laughs> when I, I when I go against my own thing, it doesn't work out for me. Three games left on the schedule. The Kansas City Chiefs are in San Francisco to take on the 49ers. And what the Niners are really kind of hanging their hat on here is this defense. The Niners defense has been very, very good this year. Top five scoring defense in the NFL. Exceptionally, exceptionally good. The offense has not kept pace with that, and that's why they've, in relative terms anyway, kind of struggled this year. The Chiefs, no surprise, top five scoring offense in the league and bottom 10 scoring defense, kind of similar to what we saw last year. So, look, the question, the real determining question in this game is, does the 49ers defense shut down the Chiefs offense? That's the singular question to answer when thinking about this game. Do they do it? Do they not? Has anybody really been able to do it? We saw the Bills do it enough to get the win, but the Bills also have a really immaculate offense behind that, which at times can be the best defense because long drives keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. I don't know that the Niners will be able to replicate that. I don't put the Niners on the Bills level. So, I got to take Kansas City in this one, and I think uh, they probably cover against the spread as well. Because actually, the spread is pretty darn close in this one. But, let's take the Chiefs on the road in San Francisco to get the win over the Niners. On the line, the Niners are taking three points here as a home dog. It's only three points. You don't often get this few points on Kansas City. I like them to win. It's a relatively small price to pay. I think I got to lay those points on Kansas City, man. So I like the Chiefs to win and give me the minus three on Kansas City as well. Total in the game set at 48 and a half points. I actually think this stays under because, again, I, I we haven't seen that offensive explosion really from the Niners yet. Uh, George Kittle is back and doing his thing, and they've definitely got weapons. They've got pieces but we just haven't seen that offensive explosion. I don't think we see it this week. And if we don't see it this week, I do think this number stays under. So we're going to go under 48 and a half points in Kansas City, San Francisco. Let's go Chiefs 24, Niners 20. Kansas City wins. Kansas City covers. Give me the under on the points. Uh, Josh Hernandez, I'm taking the 49ers. Man, look, if you believe that defense will stop the will stop the Chiefs offense consistently enough? Absolutely. If you believe in that, you might as well believe in the upset. So I, that, that it totally makes sense to me. I just don't think the complete package is going to do it quite the same way or quite enough to keep Kansas City from the win. 
The Pittsburgh Steelers travel to Miami to take on a Dolphins team that all of a sudden has lost three games in a row, but should be getting Tua Tagovailoa back at quarterback. So that is a definite upgrade for the entire wide receiver core. It's an upgrade for the pass catching running backs, kind of like we talked about with Dallas and Dak. It's a definite upgrade for their total offense across the board. However, what we do also have to talk about is the quarterback situation on the other side here. Kenny Pickett suffered a concussion last week, and with the way the concussion protocol has changed and the way that teams are playing it extra safe with quarterbacks lately, especially, you know, your new rookie, presumably franchise starter, we may not see Kenny Pickett in this game. This might be a Mitch Trubisky start. Now, one thing that is kind of going against Miami, other than the fact that, you know, they've lost three straight games, they're also turning the ball over. Their turnover differential is below that threshold that I kind of talked about. It's not as bad as New Orleans, but they're turning the ball over more than they're generating turnovers on the defensive side. That could give the Pittsburgh Steelers an extra possession or two in this game, which is certainly significant. And the scoring defenses. Both of these teams are bottom 10 scoring defenses in the NFL so far. Uh, Pittsburgh, a bottom five scoring offense. They're really not putting the points up. That offensive line is still a problem. I know they addressed it a little bit in the offseason, but clearly not enough. Definitely still a problem. Najee Harris can't seem to really get going the way that Najee Harris would be expected to get going. So most of these things would then tell me, well, Justin, clearly you're taking Miami. Um, <laughs> I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I woke up this morning and I had two very distinct thoughts when I first woke up this morning. The first one was, I start vacation, my actual vacation, I start tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. And the second thought was, I think Pittsburgh's going to upset Miami. And that is not, that is no word of, I couldn't make that up. It was genuinely my second thought of the day. Like, you know what? I think Pittsburgh is going to upset Miami. I can't tell you why. It could be some rust on Tua for not playing for a few weeks. I don't have a great explanation for it. I really don't. But when I look at this game, maybe part of it is that I'm really of the opinion now that if you don't deserve to be a betting favorite, I'm probably not going to take you. And I don't think the Miami Dolphins deserve to be betting favorites. Like, I think, or certainly not by, you know, seven points, which is what they are in this game. So this is a, this is kind of like the Houston game. This is a hedge either way, because that's just a lot of points in again, for two teams that I think are relatively similar to each other with a few notable exceptions. But I don't like it. And I actually think that there's an upset brewing here. So it's not going to be a popular pick. But I like the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road in Miami to continue the Dolphins' woes. Pittsburgh beats Miami. So obviously on the line, like I said, Miami's laying seven points here as a home favorite. I like Pittsburgh to win. Give me the seven points one way or the other. Total in the game set at 44.5 points. And I love this total because this game does not get to 40 points. I can almost guarantee it. Under 44.5 points. In Pittsburgh, Miami, so much so that that under of 44 and a half is my gold pick on the totals this week. Uh, that's Pittsburgh and Miami under 44 and a half, my gold pick 
on the totals. Let's go Pittsburgh 20, Miami 17. Crucial turnover late in the game. Pittsburgh kicks a game-winning field goal. Steelers get the win. And here we go, folks, your Monday night football game. A real, a classic, a barn burner between two elite teams, the Chicago Bears and the New England Patriots. Okay. (laughs) All right, look, I understand that the NFL has not been given what they wanted with the Denver Broncos. They haven't been given what they wanted with several teams that have been scheduled for primetime solo games early in this season. But New England and Chicago, like really, New England and Chicago, you're telling me that when you're making this schedule, New England and Chicago wouldn't fit better in the 2 p.m. time slot and you couldn't have put Baltimore and Cleveland as the Monday night game? Division matchup? Two teams that you kind of expect are going to be at least decent? But no, Chicago and New England is your choice for the Monday night football game. Like, the NFL's doing it to themselves. You can bury a bad football game in the 2 p.m. time slot, and it doesn't leave a sour taste in people's mouths. Because it's like, well, you know, I can flip over to this other game. Like, whatever. But you can't on Monday night. If you want to watch football on Monday, you have to watch the Patriots and the Bears. Sorry. I Sorry. Gorian, sorry, 1 p.m. It's 2 p.m. for me because I'm in I'm in the Atlantic time zone. So sorry, 1 p.m. <laughs> Gorian very kindly reminding me in the chat that not everyone in the world is on the Atlantic time zone. So yeah, sorry, the 1 p.m. window, the 1 p.m. Eastern window. My bad, my bad. Chicago comes into this game with the benefit of the long week. They have some extra rest after losing somehow to Washington on Thursday last week. They are a bottom five scoring offense in the NFL. They are losers of three consecutive games. To the Patriots' credit, they have won back-to-back games, and they're actually a top 10 scoring defense. So the Patriots are doing some things right. And, like, so I kind of, like, I I understand. It's also kind of gross when you look at the spread for this game. It's seven and a half points. It's very... It's very in this territory, like exceptionally in this territory of hold your nose one way or the other. And Chicago's not really, they're a, they're a middling defense, whether it's total defense, scoring defense, what have you. In years past, their offense might not have been great, but boy, they had some great defenses on some of those teams. They don't really have that this year. To me, this should be the Patriots in a walk. So I guess... It makes sense that they're favored by that much, but they don't deserve to be favored by that much. Not not a chance. Um, Is Mac Jones back this week or potentially back this week is a possibility. But I mean, like, you know, Bailey Zappi's been playing great. He's been playing really good football. Gorian says no. I wasn't sure whether somehow like week 10 was in my head for Mac, but I couldn't remember right off the top. It doesn't make sense to me that the Patriots are favored by as much as they are. But... I do expect the Patriots to win this game. So we're going to go ahead and grab New England at home to get the win over Chicago. On the line, the seven and a half points. Like, I'm going to feel gross no matter what I do here. If I lay the points, I'm going against saying that they don't deserve to be favored by that much. If I take the points, 
I'm taking the points on easily the worst team who may not get into double digits in the points and don't necessarily have a defense to be able to make up for that. I'm going to go ahead and lay minus seven and a half on New England. I think it's gross, but I'm going to do it anyway. I wish that was a voice changer. It's not. That's my actual nasally voice when I plug my nose. So we're going to go ahead and lay minus seven and a half on New England. Total in the game set at 39 and a half points. It is the lowest total of this week and felt like a prime spot to make a play on the number. But then you look at the two teams that are in the game and you go, "Mm, yeah, no, it's an under. It's an under for me. Under 39 and a half points in New England, Chicago, because once again, I don't think Chicago gets to double digits. So we are going to go New England 20, Chicago 9. 20 to 9 means Patriots win, Patriots cover, and give me the under on 39 and a half points and give me a running clock in that game. NFL, do me and everyone else watching a favor. 10-minute quarters, running clock. Thank me later. Cut halftime in half. No, don't do that. Somebody will somebody get badly hurt. So, okay. 10-minute quarters, running clock. Can we just agree to that? And just say we get this game over with as quickly as humanly possible and get the next Thursday? Great? Great. There you go, folks. Those are my picks for week seven in the NFL in 2022. I'm going to go over the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks here for you one more time. Straight up, my platinum pick is Tampa Bay over Carolina. My gold pick is Baltimore over Cleveland. My silver pick is Dallas over Detroit. And my bronze pick is Cincinnati over Atlanta. Against the spread, my platinum pick is Arizona minus 1.5. My gold pick is the New York Giants plus 3. My silver pick, the Baltimore Ravens minus 6.5. And And the bronze pick, the Houston Texans plus the 7 points. And on the totals, my platinum pick, Tampa Bay, Carolina, under 40 and a half. My gold pick, Pittsburgh, Miami, under 44 and a half. My silver pick, Green Bay and Washington, under 41 and a half. And my bronze pick, Detroit and Dallas, over 48 and a half points. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me once again here for week seven of the 2022 NFL season. And once again, like we've had a dozen concurrents watching the stream live for quite some time. I appreciate all of you folks, whether you're lurking or you're active in the chat. That's it for me, Justin Bridgewater's finest on YouTube, blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tease. That is the week seven episode in the books. And we will see you again for week eight. And I will see you after my vacation.